0: This is Roy's Rocket Radio, going out on the um, 10th of January 2014, and this is episode 22. Um, So, welcome to the show again. Um, This is going out a bit late, later than I thought it would. It was supposed to go out on the 9th, but um, I had a nap just before the show, and (laughs) I woke up after midnight, so it's now very early. On Friday morning Um, It has given me a little bit more time to add a bit to the podcast As I uh, (laughs) tend to do Um, So the podcast is a bit longer And I've got a few more topics than I thought I would have had before Um, But it should be good So uh, on with the show Um, So I'm doing this podcast mainly because I need a break from writing. Um, I've got several writing projects uh, all of them are, are in a state of chaos uh, because I thought uh, somewhat egotistically that I could just write a novel um, without any planning just go straight ahead but it turns out that I can't. Um, so I'm now going through a an exercise of outlining everything. Um, In fact, I've got so obsessed with outlining that I've outlined uh, shopping lists, um, the podcast, uh, just about anything I can get my hands on um, by using indentings. Um, But if you don't really want to stray from the point, you can always look this up uh, online if you're interested. So that's outlining um, as a way to uh, writing a novel, a screenplay whatever Um, so yeah I'm taking a podcasting break Uh, okay the next thing um, I wanted to review Ender's Game but I can't uh, because it's already been and gone at the cinema and I've just missed it other nerdly behaviour well I've been buying up books at the local charity shop, um, in an effort to replenish my book collection that disappeared when I I moved back to England from Canada. Today I managed to uh, get the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy, Uh, it was quite nice because it wasn't too new, Uh, the paperbacks were a bit older, so you got the older covers. Um, like the, the first book with that kind of rainbowy y uh, cover um, and the other two uh, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe and Life of the Universe and Everything I also managed to get Colin Greenland's Seasons of Plenty which is a space trader type novel um, I, I think it's the third in the series so I've got another two to, to find from somewhere uh, I also got two Golan's Top 50s, Uh, these are normal paperback size uh, Golan's uh, yellow-covered books. Um, I got Terry Pratchett's Eric and Richard Matheson's amazingly cool I Am Legend. Uh, I'm not intending to read any of them yet, because I've got just too much work to do, and it's just another way of procrastinating, but it's nice that my book collection's filling up again. And just before we get on with the uh, movies section, uh, although this is kind of related to movies, do you remember a movie, uh, a Bollywood movie, called uh, Ashoka in 2001? Um, it's a movie about um, uh, an ancient Indian emperor uh, of the Mauryan Empire, M-A-U-R-Y-A-N, uh, played by Sharak uh, Sh- Sorry, Sharuk Khan. Uh, who else? The man of a million faces. Um, not that I'm into Bollywood, but look, that guy's in every single movie. Um, but anyway, uh, that there's a, a a sword in the movie, a sword of of the emperor, um, and it's a c- utter and complete dead ringer for. Elric Stormbringer, um, well, the the Stormbringer that's featured on most of Michael Moorcock's uh, Elric books. Um, I don't know who the artist is, but anyway, this sword is almost exactly the same, and uh, I believe it's black as well, and it is described as um, not a sword, but. I'm paraphrasing this now. I'm probably wrong because you know, through the midst of time, trying to remember back to the movie. But uh, it's described in the movie as not a sword, but a, um, a demon that drinks blood or or souls or something like that. Anyway, um, I I noticed this first in the movie when it came out years ago, but no one seemed to make anything of it. Um, But I was thinking about this today, and I did the the usual thing, did a Google uh, search, and I found another blogger, uh, a War Games blogger out there, who did notice this as well. Um, If you look in the show notes, there'll be a link, uh, and you can see some pictures uh, of the sword in question. I do wonder where the prop sword is now. Um, And uh, getting to the point, um, can I have it please? I want to put it on my wall. (laughs) Okay, and on to the movies. Um, So I've added one vanilla movie to the the usual sci-fi fantasy horror podcast today. And that's uh, American Hustle. Because it is such a good movie, uh, so, so this came out um, t- two thousand and thirteen. Late, uh, well, it's out at the moment, but um, and so the basics of the plot are that it's nineteen seventy eight, and FBI agent called Richie DiMaso, and uh, played by Bradley Cooper, and traps a con man uh, called. Irving Rosenfeld, played by Christian Bale uh, as well as his partner uh, slash girlfriend Sidney Prosser, played by Amy Adams Uh, and then he uses them to pose as advisors to uh, advisors to a fake sheik uh, so that they can try and bribe a New Jersey mayor uh, called uh, Carmen Polito played by uh, Jeremy Renner uh, th- this is all complicated by um, uh, a mafia connection uh, in, in the shape of uh, 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 a bad guy called uh, played by Robert De Niro uh, very scarily played by Robert De Niro um, and also Irvine's um, insanely unstable wife, Rosalind, played by Jennifer Lawrence. The film is uh, very well acted by everyone, and, uh, you know, that's not a surprise given the cast that I've just mentioned. But um, in particular, uh, by the two female co-stars, uh, Amy Adams is incredibly alluring, um, in this movie, and it's, you know, it's no surprise that two of the main characters um, kind of fall head over heels for her. Um, And Jennifer Lawrence, uh, she's really showing her versatility. Um, In this one, she is absolutely terrifying. Um, You'll have to see this movie for yourself, but it is uh, quite an amazing feat of acting on her part and she, she seems like I said she seems so versatile she can play any character uh, from Katniss to uh, the the, the old, uh, what was that Silver Linings playbook yeah she played um, another completely different from Katniss Everdeen of um, the Hunger Games character in uh, that film Silver Linings playbook which she also starred in with uh, Bradley Cooper Oh, sorry, started. That doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, she was in that film with co-starring with Bradley Cooper. That's better. Uh, not quite so tongue twisted now. Any, anyway, um, another thing about this movie is the hair. Uh, the, the hair is almost a character in itself. Everyone has elaborate coiffures and quite amazing um, Yeah, uh, it, it, it's especially telling, I, I think, with uh, Kristen Bale's <laughs> architecturally uh, designed hair and um, the mayor's hair, uh, Je- Jeremy Renner's hair, which is uh, a, a, an amazing quiff. Quiff? I don't know what you call it, but it's, it's big hair, big hair all round. Which kind of makes sense given that it's set in 1978, I suppose. So, but yeah, so it's a great film, highly recommended that you go out and watch this if you can still can catch it at the cinema. Um, and it is loosely based on uh, the real FBI's ab scam um, anti corruption sting operation. Uh, the bail character. Um, in real life was a guy called Mel Weinberg and again I've put a link into the uh, podcast notes if you want to read up on the real story Uh, there's a nice kind of press of the whole story in at uh, nj.com newjersey.com Okay, next movie uh, that kind of stuck out over the last few weeks Ah, Upstream Color, um, late 2013 movie. Uh, this is um, Shane Carruth's second feature. Actually, you may remember him from a film, from a excellent time travel sci-fi film called uh, Primer in 2004. So it's been a while, but uh, I'm kind of glad that he's back. Um, and like Primer, <laughs> this is a f- fairly complicated and cerebral film. Um, it follows the life... You know, just describing this sounds insane, but anyway, it follows the life cycle of this worm-like creature, uh, kind of tapeworm, hideous thing, and... Um, that has the effect of connecting and also transmitting the memories of people infected by it. Uh, which sounds absolutely nuts, but I particularly enjoyed uh, watching... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this properly, so I apologise if I've got it wrong. Amy Simet uh portrayal of um, a victim of a forced infection. Um, it's a deeply moving uh, portrayal, of a really great acting again. Um, I must admit that Although I watched the film very closely and uh, I I tend to be distracted watching movies like everyone nowadays, playing around on the phone, reading a magazine, uh, all all in the middle of watching a movie. But this one I I, I just watched with rapt attention. Um, But even so, I I did have to read the wiki later to clarify a few of the plot points um, and get get the the story straight in my mind. Uh, so, uh, despite a few initial unfavourable comparisons, and not by me, but by professional critics to Terence Malick's um, The Tree of Life 2007, which most critics found amazingly good, and I found absolutely appalling. Um, yeah, if you want to see a film that's going to make you really angry and annoyed, go and see The Tree of Life. It is absolutely abysmal. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I'm digressing. Uh, So, yeah. uh, It it kind of looks, by the look of it, like a... a kind of arty and everything, but but if you watch the film... uh, closely as I did, uh, you will see that it is in fact uh, a straight sci-fi horror. Um, and it does seem to be picking up a, a, a lot of acclaim. Uh, and so those uh, initial critics were, <laughs> were basically wrong, uh, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion. Uh, I can well imagine this film becoming a cult classic like Primer, Um, Another movie that I thoroughly recommend that you watch. Uh, Probably the most intelligent film about time travel I've ever seen. Um, Okay. So that is it for movies this week. Uh, And on to TV. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling down. Yeah, so I... There was a movie, uh, sorry, there was a TV series from the Sci Fi Channel in 2012 called The River. Um, it only lasted a single season before it was axed. Um, it's a found footage type drama. Um, not surprising as the creator of um, series was the also the creator of Paranormal Activity 2007 uh, and I'm sorry that's another film that I, I, I really can't stand, it's not at all scary um, again in my opinion not in anyone else's probably but um, I just thought I'd say that uh, so the, the basics of the plot here are that this, um, there's this uh, nature film uh, maker who goes missing on an Amazon trip um, and then his estranged later on when when he's been missing a while his estranged family um, accompanied by a reality TV crew try and track him down um, the reality TV crew is there because it's the only way that they can finance this uh, uh, retrieval slash rescue uh, mission Um, and, you know what, I I watched the first episode, and initially, uh, I did find it engrossing. Um, but almost immediately, without any any smooth transition, it it just suddenly descends into this utter hocus-pocus. Um... Yeah, so you you think that you're on um, kind of a TV series distantly related to Lost, um, but they shove in the mystical stuff far too soon. Um, You know, instead of drawing the viewer in, you're just... uh, expected to believe uh, or to buy into all this uh, mysticism and folklore, and it's just not a credible way of um, putting the viewer into the action. I, I, you know, I, I couldn't follow it after that. I thought, I, you know, I've, I couldn't suspend disbelief. And so, uh, other people might find find the uh tv series uh more enjoyable than i did but um you know especially if you're into found footage type uh tv shows you might want to give it a try but um, it wasn't really for me okay sherlock season three i i think i've mentioned this now in the last podcast um because it's so big at the moment um and uh, I, I've done a little digging, uh, not, not that much, honestly, I just uh, tapped up on Google, and according to producer Stephen Moffat, uh, there is a fourth and fifth series planned. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised, given the, the success of the Sherlock franchise, that they might be milking it a bit... Um I mean the but but we'll see maybe it'll get better. Um I mean it is good as it is but um you know as I'll talk about in a bit uh, I don't think it's as strong as the previous series Uh, The the last episode of the current series, uh, that Series 3, will air this Sunday. That's 12th of January 2014 at 8.30. I've already programmed my FreeSat box, so hopefully I won't miss that, like I almost did with the last episode. Um, By getting the time wrong. Anyway... uh, I'm, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm continuing to enjoy the way they're tweaking the work of Conan Doyle. I have a couple of gripes. Uh, the little Jack the Ripper scene from episode one, and also the stabbing plot of episode two, seem highly, highly improbable and just a bit silly. Uh, so we'll have to see how the last episode goes. Hopefully it'll be good. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's a big event for my Sunday. Um, yeah, so that's Sherlock. Okay, and for the book section. Um, right, I just wanted to mention one of my all-time favourite short stories. Uh Um, The story's title is And He Built a Crooked House. It's by Robert A. Hyland and it was first published in 1941. Um, This is one of my uh, and probably many other people's favourite sci-fi stories. Uh, The basics of the plot are that um, there's this eccentric architect who managed, manages to convince uh, a couple to hire him to build a house uh, based on a, a pretty complicated um, topological model that he's uh, cooked up in his head. <laughs> um Uh, And he does this, you know, he manages to convince um, the husband of the couple over drinks, over a lot of drinks, um, that he should be commissioned to build their house. And uh, so the house is built. Um, But unfortunately, there's this earthquake on the night before um, the couple get to view the house. And the house uh, collapses collapses into this uh, weird trans-dimensional <laughs> configuration. Uh, to give away more than that would to give away the whole story and it is a very short story. Um, I, you know, I thoroughly recommend this, the, the story. Uh, the thing is it's that it's short, funny, pleasant and uh, (laughs) unlike um, a lot of stories including my own no one actually dies um, yet it really is great sci-fi I found out that it was apparently optioned for film quite a while ago and the script was written Uh, but that's it Uh, I think the problem is that we don't have a program like The Twilight Zone or The Outer Limits anymore Um, and this is a problem because I'm not sure how you could stretch this out into a full-length movie. I suppose you could get Peter Jackson in on the project. (laughs) Um, Okay, uh, so this story, in my opinion, is still a masterpiece and can be found um, on the web in various places. Um, as well as the book I think it was originally published in an anthology called The Unpleasant Profession of Jonathan Hogue I think, I'm not not 100% certain Uh, if you look in my show notes you will find a link to um, an educational establishment that has made the text of the story available so yeah, if you want to read that um, just go through my show notes and you'll find a link to the PDF Right, and on to comics um, I have read a few but the, the one that stuck out uh, stuck in my head uh, recently is Saga, Volume 1 that I managed to find at the local library This is a 2000 and 12 trade-slash-graphic novel um, collected issues uh, and it's by a writer called Brian K. Vaughan and an artist called Fiona Staples uh, how to describe it? it's sort of a violent mixture of sci-fi and fantasy uh, a bit Star wars slash Game of Thronesy, um, according to the wiki anyway It's definitely not for kids. Um, And the basics of the story is that there's a couple, Alana, um, a kind of winged human, uh, and Marco, uh, a satyr-like human-ish magic user, uh, are both deserters from opposing sides in the space war. Um, They've fallen in love, and they've got married, and they've just recently had a child. Um, both are on the run uh, from both sides of the war and uh, they're on the run from uh, sp- one particularly tough bounty hunter who's very reminiscent in behaviour at least of Boba Fett uh, without the Mandalorian battle armour and uh, Hera. Um it's been very well received by everyone including myself uh, I really did enjoy it and I am looking forward to getting my hands on volume 2 uh, both volumes are probably out and available at the moment but being on a limited budget I have to wait till I see it in a uh, on special offer or in the library but yeah uh, so that Saga Volume 1, Brian K Vaughan and Fiona Staples, look out for that. Okay, and this was a last-minute bolt-on um, in the games section. Uh, do you remember uh, a games console called the Neo Geo back in the 90s? Uh, I remember really stunning looking games. But I never actually got my hands on the console. I always thought it looked really cool. The games looked cool. The the console um, seemed advanced and very fast with great graphics. Uh, Anyway, I was flicking through a gaming mag that I occasionally read and I noticed that it's back. Um, It's now called, or the new version, the souped-up version, is called the Neo Geo X Gold. Uh, So that's Neo Geo N E than Geo X X-Gold Yeah, and it's uh, back with some games, a docking station, an external joystick arcade controller uh, and it's around £170. It's not something that I'm going to buy myself but um, if you're into retro gaming and you were a fan of the original handheld this might be for you uh what else um ah oh, yes uh what one last thing before we end the podcast uh I would like to thank people for downloading the podcast. I regularly check my a w logs um if you're using a content management system like the cpanel, if you flip down to your logs section, you'll see something called AW Stats. Uh, so, very handy app for checking out what people are looking at on your website. Anyway, I, I've been through my own logs, and I noticed I am getting a few people out there downloading. You know, uh, as Paul Daniels says, not a lot, but um, at least I'm getting into double figures now. <laughs> begs a question why I'm actually bothering to podcast, but no, 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 I'll I'll remain positive Uh, so that's the first thing thanks for downloading the podcast I do appreciate it I hope you enjoy them Um, and secondly uh, I'd like to thank some fellow podcasters out there over at Sci-Fi Tech Talk who gave me uh who kindly gave me a little plug in their last show thanks people uh, that was really kind of you okay so that's it for the podcast hope you enjoyed it um this is this was uh episode 22 of Roy's Rocket Radio recorded on the 10th of the first 2014 Um, The time is now 3.07, so I'll sign off and see you next time. Bye.